for the touch of your lips, dear, but much more for the touch of your whips, dear. You can raise welts like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango. Tonight on the show, we're talking sweetness and sleaze with one of my favorite guests. That would be the lovely Raymond Leslie, who is gracing us with their presence tonight. Woo! So excited. You are so incredible. (laughs) And we are going to talk about 1983's basically love letter to the sleaziness of Los Angeles, uh, Angel. Yes. Oh, my God. I love this movie. (laughs) That's my first thing in this. I love this movie. So fucking excited. Okay. All right. So let's do the plot real quick, just so in case literally there's anybody who listens to this show that hasn't seen this movie. I doubt it. But Angel is the story of a teen prostitute in Los Angeles in the 80s who faces danger when a serial killer begins stalking and murdering sex workers. And uh, that's pretty much the movie right there. Yeah. Um, so this I have to know because I know you're like super young than me, younger than me. Um, <laughs> where what is your background with this movie? You know, this is a movie that I did not see until I was in my 20s. So I didn't grow up with this one. I didn't watch this one with my grandma at her house <laughs> as a kid, like a lot of these movies that we talk about. Um, yeah, this was not one that I knew. Um, and I remember seeing like the sequel on VHS at a thrift store before and I almost bought it, but I realized like, oh, it's a sequel. So maybe I shouldn't, like I should see the other one first. And I tried to seek them out. I was like looking and I was seeing like where the DVDs, like when they were available and it was, they were like long out of print. Mm. And, um, so I just didn't. And then I finally watched it. I want to say it was, oh my God, time like is totally, anyway, it was a few years ago. It was before the Blu-ray because I think I willed the Blu-ray into existence because I watched, I forget what other movie, it was April Fool's Day. I watched Ah. this movie and April Fool's Day and then literally within like months, they both came out on (laughs) Blu-ray. Fantastic. I love that. I love it. See, I need to get you on the out of the dark train because I feel like if you see out of the dark, you're going to be like picketing Kino Lorber and Vinegar Syndrome yeah. to try to get them to to come out with a special edition. Because Well, I'm really surprised that they haven't already, you know, just with the, the people in that film alone. Shocking. Yeah. Fucking yeah, it's, it's, I mean, shocking. Divine, for God's divine. sake. Divine. Paul Bartel. Yeah. Karen Black. Karen Jeffrey Black. Lewis. I mean... My God. Okay. Anyway, but this is not the out of the dark podcast. This is um, Angel. We're talking about Angel. But <laughs> what's funny about that is that there's an out of the dark connection with Angel, which I'm super excited Ooh. to share. Um. So my background with this was I saw this movie. Oh God. Okay. So we had this like really weird babysitter and she only babysat us a few times before my parents fired her. And she was like, kind of like if Edith, the egg lady had a like, personification like a real life person so if edith massey (laughs) 
So basically, she was just like a walking John Waters character. Right? Listen, if your babysitter had you watch Angel, they were not a bad babysitter at all. They were so the best babysitter. <laughs> I am like four at the time. So I'm four oh, years old and I'm sitting on the couch. And I, the one second I remember we were watching something like children friendly. And then uh-huh. all of a sudden... She turns on Angel and she turned it on at the exact moment that John Deal, uh, our killer, who doesn't, does he have a name, by the way? He, I don't think he has a name in no, the film, no. The killer. The killer um, absconds with Crystal, Donna McDaniel, and pulls her into this, like, what looks like an alleyway, at least from my memory, and then stabs her. And I didn't know what had happened. I just knew it was scary. And then the next thing I remember from being four years old is that there was a moment where she was laying in his apartment naked and I thought she was sleeping. Like, Uh... I did not know that he is a dirty necrophiliac. Okay, so fast forward in my 20s, I decide... I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this movie and start watching it and just loved it. Like totally loved it. Um, I have never actually seen the other three sequels or, or Stop. Yeah, right. Three. Cause we've got, we've got, yeah, but the one's not canonical and got, I've never seen it either. So Betsy Russell, we've got um, avenging angel, avenging angel. We've got the, the lovely from Silk Stockings. Oh, Mitzi Capture. Okay, so we've got Mitzi Capture right. as the other. And then we've got Darlene Vogel from the pages of um, Fredericks of Hollywood uh, and Ski School. That's the only reason I know who she is um, yeah. in the last one. And I've never seen any of them. Angel number one is the only one I've ever seen. Is there is there a reason you've just never no. seen them? I just haven't had a chance to like do a deep dive. Like I haven't had a chance to like sit down and go, okay, I'm going to pour through all these. Also spoiler alert people. My favorite character in angel dies in the first one. Yeah. It's kind of hard to like want to watch. Well, have you heard anything about them at all? No. All I know is uh, all I know is they are all produced by new world pictures so they're all produced yes. by Corman's company and um, that they were bestsellers. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's it. That's all I know. Other than, you know, it carries on the storyline. Like, I know that part of mm-hmm. it, but it's kind of like, yeah, but it's not Donna Wilkes. So it's like, eh. no, it's that part of it is jarring. I think the second one is the most jarring just because Betsy Russell looks nothing like Donna Donna Wilkes. Right. And the, and the film is a lot less serious. I would say like Mm. there's, it's more almost screwball comedy at times. It's super weird. That, Um, that is, but the characters are great in it. I mean, Susan Tyrell is great in the film. So I mean, Susan Tyrell and we, and Hillary and I just did butcher Baker nightmare maker. I love that movie. Susan Tyrell could do anything and it's just epic and it's always like yeah, yeah. we got you we got you at 10 we need you at 12 and she's going for 15 she's yeah 15 she's already all the time. She's <laughs> yeah all the time you know 
She's uh, that's great why I love her. Yeah. She she would be the reason to see that movie for sure. And just okay. the, the the design of it, like the outfits oh. are incredible. Like I remember she has some really cool earrings in that movie. <laughs> you are pretty much our fashion and music correspondent. So you can yes. tell me specifically. Yes. Okay. So then the third one. The third it, one is she I think she's more believable. Missy, as, Missy Capture is more believable. Yeah. Okay. She's more believable. I think the film goes back to be sort of more in line with the first one in tone. Mm, okay. um, I would say it's not quite as like grindhousey, you know, like sleazy. It's not quite as sleazy, but it's definitely more serious than the other one. And, and Tony Basil has a has a cameo in it, which oh, I love. That's um, interesting. Okay. Yeah, she's great in it, and uh, yeah, it, I just I liked the third one actually. I was I was pleasantly surprised. I I binge watched all three of them when they came out on Blu-ray. I had never seen two or three when I got the set. So yet okay. again, we're plugging Vinegar Syndrome today. Hello. I mean, that's kind of how it works. Usually, <laughs> it's like if it's not on. It, and oh, by the way, people, if you do not want to purchase the Blu-ray, it is on Tubi. In fact, I think all of them are on Tubi right they, now. Yeah, I believe they all are. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about this cast. All right, we've got Donna Wilkes as Angel slash Molly, who is a high school honor student by day, call girl by night. And I mean, she's not just like a call girl escort. We're talking like a street walker. She's strutting those streets. Yeah, She struts the streets. She puts on her her special little purple outfit, which I love. And uh, her little violet, like, takes like, herself in eyeshadow, leotard <laughs> type situation, right? Yeah. And then she joins her friends, Lana and Crystal, and a friendly and amazing would we call her a drag queen or would we call her something else? I, you know, I think because of the implied what's going on with, with May, I think like probably. I don't know. I don't know if I want to like say just because it's so outdated. I know. That's what I'm saying is it's like, okay, because is because May, hmm, it's hard because we have one of the things that separates Angel and makes Angel special is that it is a movie featuring two queer characters who are awesome, endearing, uh, almost voices of reason in the movie. Mm -hmm. Which at the time period, not saying that's not how it should be, at the time period was not done. You know, no. queer characters were used specifically as comic relief. Whereas in this film, May, played brilliantly by Dick Sean, is a mother figure uh, because Molly doesn't have a mother. As we find out, she just, you know, left money and took off. Um, but also is a maternal figure to all of the women that are walking the street Mm -hmm. and is, uh, you know, is the voice of reason, but also puts up a fucking fight when she goes against our killer. Yes. And is the comic relief too. And is the comic (laughs) relief, but the comic relief is not because they are a queer character. No. No. The comic They're relief, like fully rounded character. I fully mean, rounded characters. No. The comic relief is because Dick Sean was brilliant 
in everything that he did, touched, breathed on, whatever. He was such a brilliant actor. And then you have Solly, played by Susan Tyrell, which is kind of his comic her comic foil you know may's comic foil you know you've got yeah. these two characters that are sort of always at odds but they also very much love each other and that's the sweetness element of this movie yeah th- th- that's why i think it's so hard to when i describe this movie to anybody and i say it's about a a girl who goes to high school by day and walks the street at night i mean everybody thinks oh god like yeah what people kind of movie? go click you know yeah like, like, like no what? i don't want to watch that and there's it's like, so it's, much heart in this it's like, film it's not it's not that man it's like yeah, yeah it may have been repped like that it may have been you know presented like that especially with the movie poster which my brother had on his wall growing up I by the way that. but it also it has all of these like you said well-rounded characters it's very well written it's suspenseful it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable um it's relatable it has such a simple plot you were saying the you know, very brief synopsis of the film. Mm-hmm. But really, there's so many layers. Like, there could be, like, three different movies out of this, you know, storyline. Yes, because... It's, as- it's basically, like, a drama, but then there's, like, the horror element on it, you know? Like, there's oh, yeah. a lot going on in the oh, film. Oh, yeah, because these death scenes in this movie are yeah, grisly. Yeah. And sad. Yeah, there's really not a lot of on-screen violence, Nope. But it does feel, because you get to know the characters so well, it, it does feel like a huge blow. Oh, God. When when Crystal dies, I, I actually have it harder for Crystal than I did for Lana. But when Crystal dies and you know that she was at one point holding the yo-yo that Yo-Yo Charlie gave her, that is fucking gut-wrenching yes yeah like oh just poor yo-yo <laughs> sitting there crying <laughs> holding this bloody yo-yo it's just so sad because you kind of like you you know we introduce this character and we see her and we see his her interaction with yo-yo and we're like oh they're gonna make it you know like it's it's really about the gems that you can find in very I would say like against all odds situations, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, they're walking the streets. They're not in exactly in safe professions. Um, They're in Hollywood Boulevard in the eighties, but they have each other. They have loyalty. They're fierce. They have a friendship. It's a family. Like there's just so much. I mean, like I said, there is, there's three movies here. There's, you know, Molly trying to like, find her identity you know there's serial killer often people because he's got a mommy issue and then you've got the friendship the family you've got the family yeah which is the the core of the movie the Mm -hmm. heart of the movie absolutely now where did you did you have familiarity with donna wilkes before this movie i had seen her in the film oh my god what is it called it is the one with klaus kinski 
I oh, always God. mix it because the oh, title yeah. is so similar to another movie. So. Schizoid. Schizoid. I always say schizo, but that's another movie. Right. No, no, schizoid. And that's funny. I can, I can hear the guy in the trailer. Schizoid. Schizoid. <laughs> yeah, that trailer. Oh, you want to talk sleazy? Okay. Schizoid is about as sleazy as it gets. Yeah. Because Klaus Kinski, first of all, you know, giant piece of shit in real life. Like, tremendously rapey horrible oh. hard to work with piece of garbage in Yuck. real life right so then you've got schizoid which is basically about a man who is lusting after his own daughter played by donna wilkes bring it yeah. back and yeah. <laughs> and then apparently klaus kinski wrote in his autobiography that he had an affair with donna wilkes on the set of this movie which we don't really know if that's like true or not true, but you know, gross. <laughs> just so gross. <laughs> so my eyes are very wide right now. I just want to let our viewers know. <laughs> our viewers like ah. So we know Donna Wilkes from Schizoid, unfortunately, but we also know her from Jaws too. She plays and Blood Song and Blood Song, and she plays in Jaws too. She plays probably, arguably the most hated female character in the Jaws series <laughs> for Jackie, um, who basically just emotes to the point that you want to shake her. Mm, yeah. Like there's a scene <laughs> where she's like, my favorite, my mom and I laugh at this every time because we're just really terrible people, but is where Jackie, she starts <laughs> crying and she's like, no, it's that thing, that thing. And though, and then, uh, Larry Vaughn's goes, Jackie, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and my I mom mean, that's and I real are like, though. Ah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we think this is fantastic. Um, okay. So I have a question for you because I think you would know this. Donna Wilkes now, um, does she do conventions regarding Angel? Is she do any like genre work or is she just like a school teacher in Ohio? Like uh, we know. I, I I think that she does do some of the convention scene. I don't know how often. Mm -hmm. Um, I did watch the interview with her on the Blu-ray and she seemed very, you know, proud of the film and her work on it. So awesome. She's not like put that behind her or anything oh, like God. that. I, I know people right. that I know people, um, friends that I've talked to online that that are friends with her on Facebook and have had like some sort of correspondence with her. So cool, cool. So she's yeah. friend of the fans. Like yeah, it. she's she's very nice. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um. Now, so at this point, the ser our serial killer played by John Deal, is just you know, stalking, and murdering, ladies of the evening. And he, there apparently in the TV version, the TV edit, there is a subplot that lets you know that he is dealing with some, I guess he was abused by his mother. Okay. Like, that's how we know. It's definitely hinted upon. I think the first, because when you're introduced to the characters there and, and the first murder of the characters happens, there's mm. already, I think a murder, like it's already been being talked about by the characters right like, they're saying somebody like did you hear so-and-so's dead that was it's yeah. like that kind of conversation right and i think the the lieutenant i think they have a conversation about 
because he he meets with that other cop who has like the ice cream mm-hmm. he gives oh, he gives the ice cream to it right or something right and uh and yeah they have a conversation about how like they're, they're trying to come up with like a profile for the guy and basically we do find out through the film through like i guess in the the theatrical version i guess it's just you know like clues it's not really outwardly said but that the their um their profile is accurate because mm-hmm. there's like a shot of him looking at a photo of his mother and all this weird stuff but it's and never outwardly said in that in the theatrical cut and sucking on eggs like it's mama's tea yeah <laughs> i know so right shutter uncomfortable yeah. Yeah. yeah it's uncomfortable i will say that john deal for having no lines in this movie other than um it hurts which it is hurts. Very last line of the movie um he does a really good job at conveying just like sinister uncomfortable broken really just like fucked upness in this film and this is from somebody who was a, a huge part of Miami Vice and he was actually the comedic relief of Miami Vice. In fact, oh, that's quit, wild. he quit Miami Vice because he no longer wanted to be the comic relief. He wanted to do something serious. So I think he went on to do theater, but I mean, he's been in tons of stuff. Like he was in Madhouse and he was in that horrible children murdering people movie called Mikey. Um, and so he's been in all of these other roles as this sort as really these like goofy dad characters. So to see him play this like basically necrophiliac sex killer. Oh, he's he's ah, unsettling. Right. It's, it's it really the film in, in a lot of places is so lighthearted mm. that it is sometimes like, whoa, like just a dash of like, oh yeah, this is a horror film. Absolutely. You know? Oh God! When you get to Lana's death, um, uh, Lana's played by uh, Graham McGavin. Excuse me. And what's interesting about Graham McGavin is Graham McGavin is Darren McGavin's daughter, and Darren McGavin was on Bewitched, so that's like a mind blower, uh, right? Okay. I was like, oh, that's interesting, and she's good in this. And it's funny because like I saw her recently on IMDb, and she's a brunette, which I I was like, that works for her. I like that. Okay. I love so, her beret, her outfit yeah. that she's wearing. <laughs> I know. But so that, shallow, but, but I love it. But it's like when when Lana, like Lana already seems like she's got a chip on her shoulder anyway. Like mm-hmm. she kind of almost indicates like she could take care of herself, you know? Like she's very, like she seems like, yeah, I could totally like take care of myself. And then she is, you know, bent over this shower just just sliced up to pieces you know and it's just it is it's heartbreaking when these characters die you are you're just gutted you know definitely definitely and you know there there really isn't a lot of um scenes with the people i feel like i feel like they they give them just enough and and the performances and everything are are so well done that you don't really you you get a no like you get to know the character just through their very few interactions mm-hmm. yeah oh there's the- not a sour note in the entire acting in the entire cast there just isn't mm-hmm. everybody in this movie 
even though they know the type of movie this is this is an quote exploitation film from the 80s right yeah doesn't matter they treat this shit like shakespeare they treat this like they have a heart like they know their characters like there's so much beauty in these performances i mean it's just it you know i'm i mean passionate yeah (laughs) it's it's a it's a great movie i mean it really is and donna wilkes i mean she did go and and talk to to people that were sex workers and and learned in preparation for the role i mean there really was some some care taken to the subject matter because it is a real thing i mean Mm -hmm. and it it needs to be handled delicately and and i love that the people all took you know care with that absolutely now as far as caretaking is concerned molly slash angel befriends a cop who is investigating these murders and the cop is played by cliff gorman and i knew him because he was in boys in the band which is an amazing movie if you ever want to see like just basically a little slice of queer cinema um from the 70s boys in the band is amazing and he played emery and one of his co-stars ended up contracting hiv and him and his wife took care of him in his later life and and i just this is so beautiful so it's like cliff gorman plays this like cop who's kind of kind of grizzled you know kind of like all cops in the fucking 80s movies right? yeah he's a total hard ass but but he's got that heart yeah you know and he wants to see molly succeed he wants to take care of her and he's not sleazy and he's not grimy and he's not somebody who you kind of look at and go oh god they're not going to develop a relationship are they like uh yeah oh my god like 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 with don't answer the phone or some shit like uh, that. Oh yeah yeah <laughs> like you forget it yeah no. and i hate god i hate that cop in that movie but anyway yeah this movie is t- it's totally it, they could have gone in such a sour direction with this film oh my god <laughs> it could have been completely different well and okay yeah thank god it, they didn't it's funny you know? it's funny that you said that they could have gone in a totally different direction okay so if you put this movie side by side with Vice Squad, you know, and and even though they take place in the same time period, in the same exact places, they are night and day from one another. Like Vice Squad makes me want to take a Purell bath. Like Vice Squad is not only uncomfortable and gross, <laughs> But which is it's the same subject matter, mind you. But mm. Vice Squad is just like, uh, you know, like just uh. but Angel, a movie about a 15-year-old, by the way, being played by a 24-year-old, but a 15-year-old high school student who happens to hook at night to basically put food on the table, because Los Angeles is an expensive place to live, um, is less sleazy than the other movie. Yeah. You know, and what I love about it, too, is that it doesn't, like, linger too long on the on the nudity and that kind of thing very no. much. And it doesn't really objectify Angel in that way at all. No. The only real nudity is is with, with her friends. And yeah. Lana one is post-mortem. I mean, mm. yeah. Yes. So. Crystal. Poor Crystal and her. In fact, Crystal's the only one we see him uh, yeah. 
well killed it necro but but is he only when we see him molest after the fact lana is just killed and then dumped into a shower yeah yeah Poor, poor lana um oh and then rounding out we have a friendly the friendly neighborhood cowboy played by rory calhoun which oh my gosh some of our older listeners will know from early cowboy movies but our genre listeners will know as farmer vincent from motel hell uh, yes it takes lots of critters to go into farmer vincent's fritters uh. <laughs> um, and he's wonderful in this too so when my grandma and i watched this a few months ago she was like really excited to see him oh really was she i was gonna say was she excited to see rory calhoun like she knew who rory calhoun yeah was? she was like oh he was so handsome oh that's so oh man like, that just you. warms my heart right totally she bless loved you. This movie. by the way my grandma loved this movie that's great <laughs> Great. My 81 year old grandmother loved this movie. I feel like for for some of the stuff that was going on at the time and other movies of similar. Oh right, Vice Squad, topic. dude. Yeah, I've never seen that one actually, oh. but it will. I'm just gonna say this right now. It will haunt your dreams. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's, it's it's like if this movie is sleazy, then Vice Squad built a house on Sleaze Mountain and lives there year round. <laughs> Okay, I got yeah. it. I got that. That's although I love watching watch Wings. It. Wings Hauser is one of those great genre actors that I see him in anything and I'm like, this is great. But yeah, he's incredible. But Vice Squad, it's like, oh sweet lord, you know, like just you just oh wow, you did what? Well, oh. I'll have to I'll have to watch it. I'll have to like think, brace myself and watch I it. I think yes, I think if you prepare yourself and understand that it is going to be an uncomfortable watch. You might actually, I mean, there's a lot of people that really love it in the sense that they love the scenery, they love the music, they love, you know, L.A. in the 80s. I mean, seeing 80s L.A. is incredible, Yeah, 80s L.A. is the best, man. That's my my favorite sub-genre of film is 80s L.A. (laughs) Yeah, I could watch, like, Angel, and I could watch, like, Savage Streets, and I would be in Valley Girl. Yeah. Yeah. just anyway (laughs) okay all right so tell me about how you connect with this movie well we were talking about representation yeah and i you know what i love the film because it has all sorts of characters we were talking about how um crystal and yo-yo charlie have a scene before she is killed Mm -hmm. and it's you know very sweet like she has a crush on him she likes um his act that he does on the street because he kind of does like magic tricks and that kind of thing and he gives her like a top and she's like messing with it and she walks away with it and it's just it's very sweet and there's no judgment he's like you know she's like what what did he say um how he says how's business right he said up and down or something and then she's like yeah up and down you know how you know and she kind of like laughs and it's just very funny he laughs as well Mm -hmm. and there's just no judgment from him Mm -hmm. and i just love that in this film that like you were saying they feel like a family and there's some dialogue saying that she had just kind of moved there like she's not somebody that's been there very long right 
So um, I think she's just kind of coming into the, the these people's lives and everything. So, um, but I, I just, I love that. There's no judgment. He doesn't care that she is a sex worker. Like he sees her as a person and sees that she has value. And I think that this movie does that. It shows that Angel, like, and people like Angel, like they're not doing it for reasons that, you know, like that. It's, I have to put, myself through school i have to put food on the table and pay for my rent like my mom abandoned me my dad abandoned me like i have nobody nothing and i had to go out and make a living myself and i think that it it just shines like such a light on that subject matter and and it's just so beautiful how do i connect to that i just think that i don't know i just love the characters i just love the way that everything is portrayed the acting and uh I don't know. It's got like some some heart to it. It's got some some thrills. <laughs> it's got like it's got a little bit of everything in it. Awesome. Yeah, my so the character that I most connected with or the relationship I most connected with was May and Molly. Like that that connection of how Molly looks up to May and how May takes care of Molly. And also how May kind of has an attitude towards cops as though like, yeah, you guys aren't doing shit to find this killer. So we have to protect ourselves. We have to protect each other because we are family. And which makes May's death even more just tragic because when you're watching it, May puts up an insane fight. I mean, a big fight. And you think May's going to make it like you think. May is going to kick his motherfucking ass. And then all of a sudden you see that splash of blood and you see it underneath those covers and you know that she's gone. And it's just devastating because it's like, oh my God, like, you know, the center has dropped out, you know, the, the, the heart, you know, and now, Mm -hmm. now it's up to Molly has to defend herself you know, like she has to kind of kind of in a way take over the throne of being able to take care of everybody else emotionally as May had, you know, because Solly ain't going to do this. No. <laughs> Solly's great. Don't get me wrong. Solly is a great character. Great, lesbian, tough you know, all of the good stuff, right? Like Solly's She's a hilarious. great character. But that's my question though. Does, does Solly know what's going on? Does Solly know that Angel is, but she doesn't know about her mother though. You know what I mean? I think Solly knows. I think Solly yeah. knows. Um, But I think that there is this, not only is there this loyalty with all of them, I think there's also a code of silence when it comes to cops. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that that's true when you work in any profession like sex work or street performing or things that could get you arrested, basically, um, for, you know, loitering or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, and, and so I think that with that, there comes this, you know, oh, we're not going to tell them shit. You know, like we, we got, we got your back. Don't worry. Yeah. I don't think, I I think Solly knew the whole time. I mean, once obviously mom was gone, you know, but I think it was all part of it. I think it was like, 
everyone knows, you know, except for obviously Cliff Gorman. But yeah. Yeah. Until the very end. So the connection between this movie and Out of the Dark is that this movie was filmed at the famous El Royale Motel in Studio City, California. And so was Out of the Dark. <laughs> oh, that's cool. What's funny is when I interviewed the cast of Out of the Dark, we were talking about, you know, it's like, you know, so we're talking about shooting locations. And I said, is that motel still around? Is that a real place? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's in Studio City. Immediately, I go online and just start Googling photos of this motel. And of course, it's been it still looks the same on the outside in the sense, but the inside of it is all remodeled and beautiful. And you can stay there for $129 a night. Oh. Um, so I was like, yeah, that is my ultimate bucket list goal is to go to Los Angeles, see where Valley girl was shot, see where angel was shot, different things, but to totally stay at the El Royale motel. Absolutely. That would be incredible. Oh yeah. That's a thing. Is it on streaming anywhere? No, it's $3.99 on Amazon. But the thing about the Amazon version that's awesome is that it is completely remastered. So the color correction and the sound, everything, and you can watch it with subtitles on Amazon. And it's just chef's kiss because I own the DVD, which came out by mill creek or whatever that company is and it is like turn the lights on man like you can't see anything that's going on and the sound is like and it's also a bare bones dvd which means you don't get a trailer you don't get anything it is literally a dvd r so you put it in their dvd player and it just starts playing one of the warner archive ones (laughs) i'm not sure in fact i don't really know how this got put out to be honest with you because i looked at it and okay. i was like there's nothing on mm. here like can someone s- just sell a dvdr is that a thing uh, maybe mm, right <laughs> i don't know um but so when i talked to the director on the episode you know he said oh he said the amazon version is what's referred to as the 185 version and that has been color corrected everything has been remastered so it's just beautiful it's like the right aspect ratio and all absolutely that. Okay. totally so that's the only one i'll watch it on and between you and me because chris would have a heart attack if i said this i am gonna buy it on amazon so i have it to watch for the rest of my life <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's ten dollars to own it and my boyfriend's like you gotta be fucking kidding that's not that bad like, you can't you know you, you're not paying your credit cards but yeah fucking you're gonna order a movie that you own how much well, with how much you love the movie, though. I know. For, it's for true. God's sake, I bought both versions of Death Screams on Blu-ray because that's like my movie. That that's your I, movie. When I, when that came, when they announced it, oh my God. Well, I'm friends with one of the actresses in it. and Oh, that's awesome. She, have you ever seen that movie? No, but is it on any, is it streaming anywhere? Is it on you Tubi? What? You know what? <laughs> I don't know if it's on Tubi. I'm not sure. But there's a scene in the film where her character gets killed on a carousel. Ooh. And so I call her carousel girl. Her, her name is Sarah in the film, but I call her carousel girl. <laughs> but anyway, she, she let me know. She was like, listen, you know, you can't tell anybody, but I was interviewed by, by arrow films. They're putting the film out on Blu-ray and I'm like, no fucking way. So they put out like the, 
one with like a nice slip cover with like mm-hmm. the with like a die cut in it with like, oh because it's really cool if i i would show you but i don't have it near me yes. but and then there's okay. one that's like the theatrical poster too so i got both versions of it i was like bitch okay. this is my movie i'm ready what anyway. uh what's the year on that uh shot in 81 released 82 oh oh you're talking my language i love shot it in shelby north carolina so there's oh, a lot of nice. a lot of sweet southern charm to it um susan kiger stars in it oh from uh hots yes very exactly. cool and playboy i think yes and yes. playboy yes <laughs> literally the only two things i know the name susan kiger for but that's cool okay I'm, she's, I'm she's the lead in the film oh. and um oh my god the, one of the actresses married tony curtis and she was very very young so there's a lot of interesting we got to do that one on the show oh i do i'm on i, I you just Funny. tell me about it i will find it. it's called and it's called death death screams it? death screams okay death screams. Death screams. <laughs> i'm in i'm totally in um all right so the theater i know this the movie theater scene in the movie where uh our killer basically just you know opens fire in the middle of a theater um was uh, took place at the uh hollywood pacific theater which is now closed unfortunately but it's also the place that this film premiered that's so strange right <laughs> i know it's very strange and then um dick sean has an unfortunate you know he 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 did i mean he did so many movies but he did like it's a mad mad world he did made to order um from the 80s um he was on the fairy tale theater uh which is one of my favorite series growing up it was a kid um was on showtime Hello, i'm shelly Duvall. Duvall, and welcome <laughs> to fairy tale theater <laughs> and he did the one called the emperor's new clothes so it's just dick sean running around naked i mean you can't see anything because it's obviously a children's show damn <laughs> i really wanted to see dick sean's dick sean. dick sean yeah um <laughs> but he also did this really weird sex comedy from the 80s called rented lips and it's him robert downey jr uh um jennifer tilly and uh martin mall and it's like what and very what hard cast to find. i know right <laughs> super hard to find unfortunately we lost dick sean on april 17th 1987 uh he was performing on stage in a theater production and he had a heart attack and unfortunately, nobody called the ambulance because they thought it was part of the show. Oh, my God. I know. It's horrible. And then I I believe there was a doctor in the audience who was like, yeah, that ain't acting. And then went and but by then it was like it was too late. Oh, God. Yeah. Died. Died doing what he loved. Yeah. At least there's that. There's I mean, that. he he really is like missed in the sequels. I mean, his mm-hmm. his it's a huge huge hole in the thing but you know i really think you should see them there, well, there's something there's something that, in there you know? yeah now that now that you've told me obviously i'm gonna death screams and the angel series i will find um so you don't have the angel blu-ray set come no on. i don't i don't i know i'm a terrible <sighs> person somewhere pj is listening to this episode and he's just like god damn it Aaron. he's um, scolding you right PJ, oh, rightfully so darling. i'm sure what is okay up? So question, if part one really excels in queer representation, what about the sequels? How do they measure up in that department? 
Well, Sully is still lezzing it out in the second one. <laughs> so <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any there. Okay. There are definitely two. There are two um, men in drag. I will say just because okay. I'm not sure, you know, you don't know how these people identify. It's things are so different guys. No, Cause um, we didn't know so, how, how may identified at all. No. So, no. so, but there are, there are two men in, in the second one that are in, in drag. And I am assuming are a part of that community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the third one, there is an openly gay character that um, Angel is friends with. Okay, fabulous. All right, so so, so it is it safe going. to say it is safe to say that queer representation is very good in this entire Angel series. That's cool. Angel loves the gays, and you know what? The <laughs> characters are incidentally like queer. It's not right. like right. You know, it's, it's like oh, it's not lovely. It's, it's not like cruising. You know, like <laughs> like yeah. That, I know, geez, it, talk it's about, not. Mm, ugh, I know that movie's such a downer. It's not. <laughs> It's not uh, overly stereotypical in any way. It's it's and the second one, like I said, it's a lot more of a comedic tone. It's okay. so fascinating. Hmm. Um, so little. Uh, I mean, design. it's still very much suspenseful. Mm-hmm. Like there's still some of that in there, but it's a lot more slapsticky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the second one, or the third one, I mean, sorry, the third one is 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 more back to the to the first film in in terms okay. of tone. And then the one that is not canon, why did they, was it, okay, like, do you know anything about it? Like, did, was it originally supposed to be called something different? And they were like, fuck it, we'll just release it as part of the Angel series. Yeah, I don't know. It, it kind of has that smell on it, but I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it, and I, I was told to avoid it, so I okay. did. I, I obeyed. Okay. <laughs> well, I think next time we do an episode, that will be something that we talk about. Like, I'll just be like, okay, I watched all of them. All of them! All of them. And, uh, here we go. Yeah. So yeah, you'll, you'll fill me in on four because I don't know. Awesome. All right. Where can people stalk you on social media? Um, I am found by the username Ray the Unusual. Mm-hmm. So anywhere you find that name, that's that's me, baby. That's right. And, and you... if you find that name on PlayStation trolling your ass. and as usual you can follow a manic movie monday podcast on instagram as well as facebook occasionally i go on twitter but uh you're out of luck if you want to find me there um and as (laughs) and as always stay manic my lovelies wait shit (laughs) that's not what i wanted to do